The We're LCC podcast is a monthly show that comes out on the 9th of every month. But if you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app, you'll never need to remember that because the show will automatically be there. So go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app now. We are LCC, a podcast emanating from the halls of Lower Canada College on Royal Avenue in Montreal. Here's alumni officer Christine Jones. Today, we're fortunate to have both Chris Shannon from the pre-U class of 76 and our head of school, as well as David Schwartz from the class of 87 and our current board chair with us to talk about the state of LCC now and to give us a glimpse into the future. They both lead groups of people that are responsible for supporting LCC's mission, vision, and values. And while they have different roles, they are complementary, and we're happy to have them both here. I'm Chris Shannon, head of school, and we are now approaching the end of the school year. So it's great to have this conversation as we wrap up the school year and consider some of our achievements and the road ahead. Hello, everybody. Uh, David Schwartz, and I'm the um, the chair of the Board of Governors. I've been the chair for the last three years, so I'm in my final year uh, of my term, uh, and I've been on the board for uh, for about nine years. Uh, graduate from the class of 87, and I've had three girls in the school. Two of them have graduated. My youngest is about to graduate uh, this year. I guess um, in light of you both just mentioning at the end of the school year coming to a close, report cards coming out. We've just had the review of the case, um, NIASC accreditation process. I, I wanted to start with maybe uh, asking uh, Chris, you to give us a bit of, you know, some, some reflections on the process and maybe touch on the importance of what report cards sort of say and do, the importance of getting them, the importance of failure, responding to feedback. We call ourselves a community of lifelong learners. So I guess looking at all of this in the big picture and how we can continually improve ourselves. It's probably important just to remind everybody in our school community that every seven years as a member of the National Association, CASE, Canadian Accredited Independent Schools, and also an American association we are a part of, the New England Association of Schools and Colleges, that we do a thorough and detailed accreditation process. It requires us for the better part of a year to write a Again, very thorough report based on uh, standards of operation in the school, everything from finances to program and curriculum to HR to facilities to risk and operation. So we, we did that as a school. We uh, then welcomed a committee of 12 people in our school for, for five days. And we do this in an effort to um, remain as focused on the, the best standards in education as possible where are we at? Where are we going? What are our strengths? What do we see as areas for growth? And in welcoming that group to the school, we see experts from all walks of uh, education from coast to coast, and including our American friends. The, uh, the purpose is to stay on top of our game. The process is thorough. And the outcomes, uh, I have not been able to share with the school community yet because we technically will not have them in a way that I can share until September or maybe even October. But I will share Two things, because David and I were in a closing meeting with the chair of the committee, who was a head of a school from Alberta, and she was very impressed with our school. She really wanted to remind us that we've taken a brave and appropriate decision in our decision to go 
fully private. And she said it is very apparent to the whole team that the secret sauce, in her words, quote unquote, of LCC is people who are extraordinarily devoted to the welfare of students and in her words, are willing to literally walk on hot coals for student development. And that, I think, is very satisfying to me as head of school. And to ask just the two of you briefly, what what are your individual roles as head of school and chair of the board? And, and maybe you could touch a bit upon improvements and readiness for the future and uh, could give us a nice segue into that ca- into the case Niaska conversation. Sort of our adult version of a report card, I guess. <laughs> So um, in terms of the, you know, the, the chair of the board, and I guess more specifically the, the role of the board, uh, you know, as chair, I'm there to make sure that the, that the board conducts itself in the right way. But as a board, that's really, I guess, the more, the more important question, not so much the, the chair role, but from the board perspective, our role is really, you know, to challenge management, but also to support them, really to be an extra set of eyes, ears, and minds around the table to help management. And ultimately, it's around setting the strategy for the school and the long-term vision of the school and making sure that we you know, stay within those, those guardrails, both from a financial perspective, from an education perspective, from a community perspective, just across all layers and all levels, just making sure that the school is there for the long-term and that we continue to grow and expand and just be, a, you know, be the strongest school we can be in the, in the Montreal community. That, that's really what the the role of the board is. And we try and bring a diverse um, mindset around the table. So we kind of have different experiences and, and different opinions uh, and really to help management and to kind of govern the school for, you know, for the alumni and the other constituents in, in our community. And, and I would just say that Dave and I are working together as a, as partners, he chairs the board and I'm head of school. So uh, our partnership is extremely important. And I've had the privilege of working with five chairs of the board during my tenure at the school, all of whom have been extraordinarily devoted to this place as alum of the school, as people who every single one of them have had children in the school and have very much the the welfare of the school from a strategic point of view. And I commend David and I commend every one of those chairs in their understanding of governance and that indeed the the board's role is strategic. You know, in governance speak, it's at 30,000 feet. They're not supposed to be concerned about the um, the pasta sauce on a given day. It does come up occasionally, but it was good in my day, the pasta sauce. I have to say that. We used <laughs> to love it. I like it. I like so, it. But depending on the age of the board member, meat and potatoes might just be all that they need and, you know, eat it or that's it. Tough luck. But essentially things have changed and as have diets. But nonetheless, I think that our board chairs and certainly all of our board members have been, our volunteers have been extraordinarily dedicated to the development of the school in a positive way and keeping an eye on strategy and keeping me and our leadership team accountable so that we are questioned and we we are challenged. And I think that's very appropriate that that's the role of the board. And we like to say, again, in governance speak, that there are channels and boundaries for board members, that they're they're, they're not involved in operations of the school, but they, they should fully be aware and supportive of those operations. I just chatted quickly beforehand. This is a day that we're recording this, where there's a lot going on at our school. It's our grandparents' day, 300 grandparents on, at the school. We have a design fair. We have an art show of graduating art students. This is a vibrant school, and we're embracing all the activities of students to the best of our ability. I've been very lucky as head of school to work with chairs who are so dedicated to the cause of our school in every way that um, 
I think that's had a lot to do with the success of, of, of LCC. And I, I would just, I would just add if I can, I don't know who coined the phrase, but I know Chris has said it, you know, from a board perspective, noses in, but fingers out, I think is kind of the, the approach that we take. And just to add from, to what I said before, we need to be ambassadors as it relates to the school, including from a philanthropic perspective. So we just need to kind of lead by example. And yes, many of our board members are also parents, but when we're in the boardroom, we need to take off the parent hat and really you know, think of what's what's best for the school. We touched briefly on um, the accreditation process that LCC just went through with the case and the NIAS group. And can you delve into it a little deeper and let us know what the purpose is and what that process was for the uh, the school community? Sure. I mean, I, I don't want to get too technical. It, it does require, there are, the way it works is that there are 12 standards in education. So for people in business who are used to the ISO process where how are you operating as a business, it's sort of a ISO for schools. And there are standards and benchmarks and it's all revolved around having a strategic plan which the school uh, possesses, uh, communicates appropriately and is giving life to. So we have to make sure that we, we are meeting the highest standards and we don't have to be a member of this association, but it is raising our standards above and beyond Quebec standards. These are national standards and American national standards. David made the point that we want to be the best school we can be in Montreal, but I've always challenged the board that we should be the best school that we can be globally. And we sometimes, uh, given that we do follow the Quebec curriculum, we also have to consider what can we do when benchmarking against the highest standards in the world. We're that good a school. And we should be constantly opening our mind to, because uh, we, we do proudly call ourselves Montreal's leading global school, we should be challenging ourselves to global standards and fight that notion of provincialism, because the, although the Quebec curriculum is quite interesting, there are elements of it which are, in my view, somewhat provincial and limiting. So our focus ever in the last number of years under David's tenure of becoming a IBMYP school, middle years program from seven right through to uh, 10, has been that we complete the Quebec curriculum, but we enhance it with the IB approach. It's a framework. And that's our commitment to having global perspectives in every student in our school and everybody who works and teaches here as well. So it's helped us, I think, raise the bar in terms of our standards. Uh, and I think that's very important. And so in the process, what happens next? Is there um, a way to get the feedback? And what's the process of responding to the feedback that the committee would be giving? I will actually have a private session with their initial report that I will get a chance to see to test for errors because there's the possibility of some kind of a misinterpretation of something. Otherwise, the report will pass in September or early October, the case uh, accreditation council. And once they pass it, it will be something that I can share publicly with our, our, our full community, and I will do that in the fall. Why is this kind of self-reflection process important? You know, I think what it does is it raises, it helps us raise the bar. And for sure, how do we become, you know, the best international school, the best global school we can? So it does allow us to, um, you know, to be challenged, right? So most of the time as a board and leadership team, we're, we're sitting together amongst ourselves but now bringing in some outsiders to challenge us to look at our processes, I think it just opens the door for improvement. And so I, I think the process is, is great. It seems like a pretty in-depth process. I know Chris and the leadership team were way more involved than myself and the rest of the board, but it seemed very in-depth, very intense for a short period of time, but very in-depth. 
you know, we're all type A personalities, so we always want to improve. So getting feedback that's constructive is always is always a good thing. I'd agree. I, I think if we're if we're not challenging ourselves and just patting ourselves on the back, what a great school we are. We have to be challenged. So the report will include recommendations. They'll say you're doing good work here, but you might consider the following. So there will be recommendations and commendations, and we will be very uh, transparent with those with our community when we get them and. We will try to find ways where appropriate to build them into our strategic direction going forward because we do have a great strategic plan, which we can maybe talk about in a moment, but there will be some elements which perhaps will find their way into that plan as well. And then again, to the two of you, what in your opinions is effective school leadership? That's a great question. You know, I'm in my 24th year as a school head. I've learned a lot and I've learned that the capacity to bring people together, to motivate them, set a vision but also to strive for higher has to be continuous. And that notion and commitment to continuous improvement must exist at every single level, and it needs to be understood by everybody within the organization. And I think that the quality of people we have at our school everywhere, our faculty, our staff, is excellent, and our people get that. And so when we have outsiders tell us that our people are are willing to walk on hot coals for the welfare and development of children, it's because our people are excellent. My job is to to work on helping those people be the best they can be. We have to have discussions around plant and its development so that we can actually have the right facilities to deliver those programs. What are the programs so that we've seen a lot of program development over the years? And indeed, what are our priorities? So making sure we live our values and that they're not just words on a page, that we exercise those values and facilitating that we can bring all those factors together in the best possible way is complicated, but at the same time with, with a consistent focus around what are our objectives, I think that uh, we could achieve a lot of things. And I think we have a board who's very focused in that way. Our leadership team is, and virtually every employee in the school, I think, is, is very committed to those, those high standards and continuous improvement. I would add a couple of things. So just generally, just in line with what Chris just said, I think leadership comes out in two ways. One is being strategic, being an ambassador, managing through alignment with the vision and, and, and the mission of the school. Then there's also the management side of things when things are get a little rocky. And that's when leaders really shine. So whether you're managing through uncertainty, whether it's a pandemic and making some tough decisions as you go through the process, I think that is another part of the leadership quality that, that I think LCC, the leadership team, you know, and the board has. Um, but that's, a, that's another aspect of, you know, how we've been effective and how effective leaders lead is just managing through the uncertainty and the tough times. That, that's when people really shine and, and come out as leaders. Well, this actually goes into sort of my next thought quite well. Um, so maybe I'll start with you, Dave. What are the things that you are the most proud of during your tenure um, at LCC? I mean, you started as a board member. You were chair of the finance uh, committee. There was obviously a, a time when we were faced with the risk of losing government grants. And now as board chair, you're seeing us through the uh, privatization. So what are the things you've been most proud of and, and what does it mean uh, to the school community? So I came in as board chair after some very, very strong board chairs before me. So they left a really good foundation and I had big shoes to fill. I'd say that through the years, I guess through the, you know, through my term, when I think back and I did kind of prepare some thoughts, you know, in light of this discussion, 
there's a lot that we accomplished over the past three years as a board, as a leadership team, and as a school. You know, the first off is, you know, I started in my term, the pandemic, and that was certainly a challenge for all of us. There was a, a, a lot of uncertainty in all ways, shapes, and form. And so that was a certain, certainly a challenge that I think we managed through really well. I guess the other thing is putting the new strategic plan in place. Chris mentioned it earlier. That was took a lot of heavy lifting um, with the board, with the strategic planning committee, with leadership. Uh, to get that in place. And we're excited that we you know, recently launched it. And there's a lot of good things to come out of that through the four pillars that we have. One other thing I, I'm, I'm proud of as a, as a board is the DEI initiative that we, you know, we spent a lot of time around DEI. And I do think that this board does represent one of, if not the most diverse boards that we've had at the school. Uh, so hopefully that continues to evolve. And then of course, thinking about the evolution from a Enrollment perspective, the school has grown from a facilities perspective, the things we've done, you know, the, the Miller Rink being one recent example, and then just, you know, the transition from IB, MYP. I think those were all really amazing initiatives and milestones for the school over the past you know, several years. So that's all great. And I, I look forward to passing the baton to the, to the next chair and, and he'll, you know, he'll do, he'll do great. And then we do have our first female vice chair. Christine Ashkar, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's commencing as well. Her term as vice chair next year, so that's also pretty exciting. And and Chris, do you have anything to add? What would you say you're most proud of during your tenure, and and what would it mean to our community? Well, this year specifically, because I'm not going to get into 18 years of <laughs> years of being head of school, but I will say that this year I'm extremely proud of the degree to which we have actually put into place. At the start of the year, I, I talked about a theme being reset, reframe, and renew. And I think we are indeed at the renewal f- phase. And we all know, uh, without deconstructing COVID, the impact of COVID has been significant and that our students and our staff, I think, had a pretty normal year with some scenarios that we've had to address. But nonetheless, that reality of renewal being put into place. The decision by the board, uh, in collaboration with our leadership team, to go fully private is a bold and significant decision, and perhaps the most important decision since we went co-ed in 1994. Currently, only 10% of the Montreal population holds a Quebec English eligibility certificate, and we will see ourselves, starting next fall, go from 10% of the population being able to apply here to 100% of the population. And this means we're living our values. We will be able to be truly inclusive and be as more diverse because we have made a, a bold decision financially to give up funding because of legislative constraints, shifting demographics, and some legislation which actually is counter to our LCC core values. And Dave talks about DEI. The fact that not just in this strategic plan, but last strategic plan, well before DEI became a buzzword, we had committed as a school and as a board to broadening uh, inclusion and diversity in our school. And we went from seven years ago having four students on 80 to 100% bursary to this year 44. And this is because of the generous support we've received from our community. We've grown our endowment to now more than $25 million. It was $8 million and we've grown it. I think that establishing this year what I would call post COVID norms has been really important. Uh, we have shifted, I think, a strong focus. Achievement has always been important, but I think wellness has actually been raised as a priority for all of us in life in general, but certainly at the school. And being able to have the return of international experiences for our students, because we've had extraordinary international opportunities for our students. COVID shot it in the knee. We've seen students return to exchanges. We sent our music 
trip over to Europe. We had a Gold Duke of Ed trip in Panama. And our continued work on making sure that the DEI piece is understood by everybody in our community. So every single person who works at LCC has received at least our initial training program in developing global competencies. So we want that mindset to be with everybody from the people who work at our reception right through to the classroom teacher. Very, very important. And of course, the, um, the new strategic plan asks us to become much stronger on the environmental action side of things, continue to press forward with our endowment campaign, and we will continue to have to do some good work, I think, but put a pin in defining our campus vision for facilities going forward, and that that's an ongoing process. What are some of the opportunities and challenges that today's school leaders are facing? I, I think it, it's a bit of a continuation of what Chris was saying. I, I think one of the, if I think back to some of the challenges we've faced, certainly around government grants and just the dynamics of being a school, an international school, a school in Canada, a school in Quebec, from a regulatory perspective, there's certainly questions and challenges. Going private was one of the biggest milestones in the school's history. And I think from a challenge perspective on a go-forward basis, that's certainly one that's you have to manage through it. In the case of LCC, we're such a strong school. I also think just managing growth is, is certainly one that is, is top of mind. And then Chris touched upon this too, just wellness of the students. That's, that's really, really key. And, and then making sure that we have the best talent. It's one of our four pillars, making sure that we have the best talent in terms of faculty and administration of the school. I think that's, that's key as well. I'd, I'd, I'd endorse all of those. I think when we do find ourselves two years from now in a fully private environment, beginning this next fall, we will be having that 90% of the city who might want to apply here who never could before. And we are probably a school unlike any other school in the city because we don't simply conform to Quebec curriculum and Quebec norms. We go well beyond it in many ways in our curriculum and our co-curricular. So it's about also realigning for some of them as we welcome those people into our community. Sort of in some ways, new our community norms and, and values will, will remain the same, but we have to work people into the life of the school so that they understand. Parce qu'on va parler peut-être plus de Français. More Francophones who can come here. We're in a French city. And I think welcoming all Francophones to LCC will be an interesting and fascinating opportunity. Also, the group of people who are referred to as allophones. So I think it will make us a more dynamic school in some ways, but there will be challenges with that, which is fine. We have been very lucky, I think, with our, our faculty, in particular from the perspective of the post-COVID world. There are so many challenges on the plate for teachers. In many constituencies around the world, teachers have said, thanks, but no thanks. It's too hard now. I'm moving on. We have not really had that experience, but we have certainly had challenges we've had to work through with our people because the demands are significant. The wellness demands on children and on our employees are significant in terms of the job expectations. So we have our eye on that ball, and we don't imagine that with the high expectations we have that it suddenly makes life easier for our teachers. It doesn't. On that front, the IB that we run from grade 7 right through to grade 12 is enrichment and demands a lot. And we need to make sure that our people are well supported so they can deliver in the way that they know they can deliver without feeling burdened by the demands upon them. Dave, you're passing the baton onto a new chair. And so what's your hope for the future of the school? 
I hope that the school continues to have great success. I hope we continue some of the initiatives that we started. Certainly the strategic plan, you know, it's a it's a plan that goes to 2027, but certainly there'll be plans beyond that. Well, you know, when I think about, you know, our purpose and, and the students, it's about graduating students who are really pillars of our society and become pillars of our society. So that to me is probably the number one thing. The other thing that's so unique about LCC is our alumni community, our alumni network. It's, it's uncomparable to anything I've ever experienced. It's a camaraderie. It's a, there's a relationship there that if you pick up the phone and call an alum, you've never, may have never seen them. They may have never crossed paths, but they may be 20 years younger or senior uh, and you'll pick up the phone, you'll answer it. I think that is something so special about LCC. I only hope that continues to to be the case and even get stronger. Is there anything that either of you want to leave us with? Any parting thoughts? I recently chaired an accreditation in the process, as we described earlier, at another school in British Columbia. And the founder of that school had a statement, which I thought was a lovely statement, and in some ways describes a lot of what we do. His vision was to create a school which was a lighthearted place of serious purpose. And I, and I think that one of the priorities for me, the whole time I've been here, is to make sure we remember that this is a human endeavor. Uh, education is a human endeavor. And we have, I was down this morning with the great ones and they were adorable and they were so excited because it was chicken burgers today and it was like, you know, manna from heaven. We have to focus on people as people from the youngest age right through to graduation. We graduated our grade 12s this week. Very exciting for them to go off to university. But we have to do it with empathy for each other, a compassion for the real challenges in life, a real focus on wellness, and a sense of humor. And I love that little phrase because I think we have a lot of serious purpose around here, but let's smile and enjoy each other and and, and enjoy the experience. And I think right down to the end of our last board member, this happens. Our board members like each other. They have a nice time when they're together. They're very supportive of us as a school. The more that we can achieve all the great goals we have while caring about each other and being a truly caring community and embodying non solum, that will carry us forward and way beyond any of us being around anymore. Very well said. Well, I wanted to thank you then both again for joining us today and being guests on the We Are LCC podcast. We appreciate your time and we look forward to all good things for LCC in the future. Thanks very much, KJ. Thank you, KJ. Thanks for listening to We Are LCC. For more, go to lcc.ca slash podcast. And remember to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.